Welcome to Your Strata Property, the podcast for property owners looking for reliable, accurate, and bite-sized information from an experienced and authoritative source. To access previous episodes and useful strata tips, go to www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. Welcome to this week's episode. I am your host, Amanda Farmer, and I'm here each week to guide you through the often confusing legal landscape of apartment living. And this week, I have a first for you. This is my first in-person, face-to-face interview that I have conducted as host. I usually record my guest expert interviews online over a video call. But for the first time, I've taken my mics with me. I've been able to set up in a quiet spot and have a chat face-to-face with our guest. This week, I'm talking to Frank Higginson from Heinz Legal in Brisbane. And as you'll hear, it was rather good timing to be talking to Frank because Heinz Legal has had a few changes to their practice recently. If you're on top of your Strata News You may already know what I'm talking about. If you're not, you're going to hear about it in this interview. Frank is a partner at Heinz, operating from Brisbane, practicing in body corporate and management right matters right across Queensland. And Frank tells me, apart from a two-year hiatus when he worked in London with a multinational firm, he has practiced in Queensland property matters for his entire career, which is now spanning 25 years. And Frank says that he is the kind of lawyer who believes that when there are issues in dispute, it helps enormously from a legal, strategic, as well as a commercial position to understand the strengths, weaknesses, and views of the other party. He enjoys creating opportunities to make commercially sensible suggestions to enable the resolution of issues that are in dispute. And you'll hear him talk a little bit more about that in the interview and how the recent changes to Heinz team are, he says, going to help them more so to achieve that for their clients. Frank is a very active speaker in the strata and body corporate law sector. In the management rights field, he regularly presents to all of those associated with the management rights industry, from financiers to first-home buyers. From a body corporate perspective, you'll see him at many body corporate managers and lot owner gatherings, including seminar series with the Commissioner for Body Corporate and Community Management. And in 2018, he started writing a regular column on body corporate issues for the Sunday Mail. I've seen Frank present papers at the annual conference for the Australian College of Strata Lawyers, where he is a fellow. And you'll hear that that's actually where I was catching up with him for this interview. So enjoy this episode, maybe a little different as I chat to Frank face to face. Let me know what you think. And as always, you'll find the show notes and access to the transcript over at yourstrataproperty.com.au forward slash podcasts. We'll head over now to my chat with Frank Higginson. Frank Higginson, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me on, Amanda. It is a pleasure to have you here with me, actually in person today. We are not online. We are attending the annual conference of the Australian College of Strata Lawyers, and we've been able to sneak away and find a bit of time to chat. 
in a little padded walled room, which is what we all need probably. <laughs> yes, yes. There'll be no questions about why we're in here, I'm sure. Now, we have been trying to arrange a chat for a little while, a few emails back and forth, and you have been a busy man. You've had a few things going on in your practice, maybe a few changes, and you did let me know that uh, now was a good time to chat and you had some news perhaps. What is new with your practice, Heinz Legal? A uh, little bit, and I suppose, yes, we have been flirting for a better phrase for a while, and uh, I knew this would be in the works. So Chris Irons, who's the Commissioner for Body Corporate and Community Management after a career in public service in the last five and a half years as the Commissioner, has jumped to the dark side, for a better phrase, and uh, come to private practice with us. So, yeah, that's the big news, I suppose, from our end. A little bit of a splash in Queensland. I'm not sure what it means anywhere else, but yeah. Yeah, wow. And I have seen a little bit of media about this that you guys have been doing. I have to say from the outside came as a surprise, I think, to others mm. in the sector. Is Chris a lawyer? No. He's not a lawyer. And I get okay. that a lot. A lot of people are asking. Absolutely. Well, and particularly from other lawyers. Okay. So it's sort of – and it's been interesting because we – uh, it's not a knee-jerk thing for either of us. We've been – actually, it was this conference last year in Auckland mm. when I said to him at the end of his presentation over there, mate, if you ever – because I've done lots of things with him over the years, spoken at seminars, certainly knowing him socially afterwards and things like that for probably four or so years. So I yep. said to him in Auckland, mate, if you ever do get sick of it or want to try something else, I'm sure there's something we could do together. So, And it's not that he didn't enjoy his job, but mm. the reality is that he, I suppose, like you and I and like all the people here, have a massive focus on strata. Mm. Uh, it's all we do. Inside his role in government, there's certain things he could do and certain things he can't. And despite him wanting to push in certain directions, he's constrained by the political process in effect. So if he was ever going to get off the government bus and try to do something a little bit different, the opportunity to do that effectively was now with us. Mm. So we've spent really eight months talking about what things might look like, how things could work, and we've got a grab bag of ideas. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're now starting to talk to people about them, and clearly this is, hang on, hang on, hang on, I'll get to you soon, yep. is one of those things. So mm -hmm. we've certainly been talking to lots of strata managers about what we think might work mm -hmm. and um, getting lots of feedback. So it's he's a week and a bit into the role now. Yep. He hasn't quit, which is good. I think he's enjoying the change. The pace of play is certainly a little bit different, but... Um, it's been a really interesting exercise. Yes. Well, my listeners met Chris on the podcast yes. some episodes ago when he was in his role as yes. the Body Corporate uh, Commissioner in Queensland. What is his title, if you like, or role with you now? Well, we've called him a strata advisor. Strata uh, we were going to go advisor. with strata god, but we thought we'd better right. not. Might, might have been treading on a few toes yeah, there. Absolutely. We don't want to get all the theological people offside. <laughs> no, but, I was just thinking of my fellow members of the Australian College of Strata Lawyers who might think that they deserve that well, title. lawyers think they're gods as a rule. <laughs> um, so, And that's that lawyer thing. I suppose Chris comes at things from a completely different perspective. Yep. And for me, that's probably been the biggest difference. So we are lawyers, we're trained as lawyers, we're to a degree linear in our thinking. And probably the example I use as I bounce around and talk to people is that when your only tool is a hammer, every problem is a nail. Mm -hmm. So when you come to lawyers, usually there's another side, there's another party. So even in a commercial transaction, there's a seller and buyer, each side lawyers up and obviously litigation or contested matters, everyone lawyers up. It's not a collegiate I mean, it can be a collegiate environment. I mean, in theory, we could be competitors if I was down in Sydney or in Brisbane, but we hear professionals talking to each other, which is great. But law is inherently adversarial. Mm. What Chris 
is with us for. I suppose there's, there's a legal part of what he does because his knowledge of strata in Queensland is second to none. Mm. Um, all he's done for the last five and a half years is, is be the commissioner, educate people about strata law, front the office that deals with disputes. You know, I think they're the acting commissioner. They're almost at, I think, 15-odd thousand phone calls to their free call line this mm. financial year to date, which is extraordinary, which yep. is a, you know, and that commissioner's office is a uniquely Queensland thing. So his exposure to strata is extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And where we've got to is there's a legal element. So of course, if we have commissioner's applications, um, obviously all the strata advice we give, by and large, he's seen it. Where's this particular issue? So where the legal skill set is um, helping frame up, narrowing down the issues, what the answers might be, where the previous adjudication decisions might be, just to give our junior lawyers some guidance around that. From a commercial side of things, in terms of dealing with disputes in the commissioner's office, he obviously understands the process intimately. Well, don't do this, try this, they won't like that. That won't work because of this type stuff. So all that strategic things, and even certainly even internally, he's not a lawyer, that's cool, we'll have that conversation. Sitting down at our first workflow with our body corporate team, you know, here we are, this is how I want it to run blah, 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 and Chris piped up with, well, here's commissioner reveal number one, boom. Mm -hmm. Right, I didn't know that. Mm. So that's the legal side of things. But the bigger thing for us is a whole lot of other stuff. So we're probably still getting the narrative right around it. And it's sort of, I started with calling it sort of non-legal services. It's really alternatives. It might even be complementary services. So when you look at what we do, we're a law firm that provides services to the strata community. And probably another way to look at it, we want to be a, a business that provides services to the strata of the community, one of which is legal. Mm-hmm. So the first thing we think for Chris that we are really trying to do is mediation. Mm-hmm. The difference, I think, with Chris in a strata context, particularly from a personality side of things, is he understands all of the moving parts that happen in strata, certainly particularly in Queensland. And inevitably, when I sat to look around about what the issues are that we all deal with day to day, they are the same. Mm. There's a different legislative overlay in some contexts, but when you even go to, I've got a brother that lives in Vancouver, you know, condo law, Mm -hmm. they have the exact same sort of legal system we do with sort of federal states and that sort of stuff. And from a body corporate perspective, it's short-term letting, Mm -hmm. it's leaky buildings, it's parties, it's management structures, it's maintenance, it's pets, it's all the same stuff, Mm. which comes back to probably dealing with people helping them understand what the issues are because that's also the consistent thing is no one knows the rules. Mm. Everyone buys a unit, happy days, here we are. And and a lot of our fights and disputes come from misinformation, lack of education, you know, and they're never going to put qualifications on people to become committee members. They think that you get that thrown at you from time to time. But the moment you have a qualification required to be a committee member, we lose probably three quarters of the committee members in, in the state. Body corporates are the fourth level of government. They mm-hmm. need people to self-govern. So that is going to be the constant battle that we have. So I think from a Chris perspective, the first thing we're trying is trying to get a mediation service going mm-hmm. where people don't need to actually commence proceedings against each other, which means they have to buy into the process and they come in and he helps them sort it out. Mm-hmm. And that will be more than just the thing they're fighting over because mm-hmm. inevitably there is more to it than just that. So you envisage uh, both sides coming to you, Heinz Legal, looking to mediate a dispute and that would be an avenue instead of, what is the other avenue in Queensland? The Commissioner's Office. You have There is a mediation procedure? Well, and- there's a conciliation process. So right. what you do is you file an application for conciliation and then three months later you're in there. Yep. So it's really... What you're going to get is a timely outcome from a very experienced person who can deal with the entirety of the issue as opposed to a three-month wait 
with that thing gestating in mm. your life because mm. that's the thing with these disputes. They're not, you know, not millions of dollars. They're people's homes. Mm. They're emotions. They're stressful. And I think one of the problems I suppose we all have from a lit- litigation perspective is unless you've been through it, you don't understand how stressful it is because it's one thing to pay lawyers money to do whatever needs to be done. You still need to sleep at night. Mm. The opportunity cost, particularly from a committee member's perspective, is what I say to body corporate clients who are thinking about litigating, is this is going to take dozens, hundreds of hours of your life that you are volunteering to give away for free. Mm. So what else could you be doing with that? Yep. You've got to get past that, that principal element. And so from a lawyer's perspective, people, you know, come to me, here's my problem. Straight away, you go into a, a legal solution. Okay, sure, I can send a letter of demand. Where do you stand? How do we punch them around? All that sort of stuff. It's been really interesting with the inquiry we get is suddenly, oh, well, maybe it's this. And on that point, putting my lawyer's hat on, the mediation is run by Chris. He achieves a result fabulous. There's an agreement drawn up. Parties go away. He doesn't achieve a result. Parties need legal representation. We're out. You're out altogether. 100%. We're conflicted. Yep. Absolutely. And is there any concern about Chris touching matters that he's been involved in as commissioner? Oh, very. One way or another? And we're, yeah. we're super aware of that ethically. And Chris, uh, the confidentiality and ethics he's got uh, have come through loud and clear. Yep. The simple rules from our end is he doesn't even, like, I suppose there's a few matters that we've got in the commissioner's office he won't go near. Mm. But in terms of things that he has dealt with, we've got a very strict guideline around it. If he's got any knowledge at all, he's out. Mm. So that'll only be for a period of time. And then after that, away we go. So, mm. and the reality is he's getting inquiry now already that might turn into legal matters because that's not appropriate for mediation for whatever reason or that's a pure legal issue or whatever it is. And I'm certainly, well, you know, we don't need to go DEFCON 1 on this because here's an alternative. Mm. And, you know, it's an inquiry from either side. And I suppose the mediation thing is people have to buy in. There's no one's getting forced to do it. And so probably the market in a sense is certainly people coming to us direct. They need to then go to their, their counterparty and say, well, here's what it is. So we need to get that sell right for them. Hopefully, some of the legal colleagues we have here at this conference will be looking at a particular dispute and saying, you know what, maybe we don't need to sue each other over this. Why don't we try this Mm -hmm. as plan A? And that's certainly going to be, hopefully, the case in a management rights context, because management rights inevitably comes up at these conferences every year. There's lots of disputes over those, and they're ones where the Commission's Office doesn't have jurisdiction because they're a complex dispute in Queensland, which means straight off to QCAT, like NCAT or VCAT, more complex process, expensive, et cetera, et cetera. Why don't we sit down and try to sort this out now before we all inevitably spend six figures and three years of our lives fighting Mm. each other over terminating an agreement when there's always a solution? So hopefully there might be some legal colleagues saying to us, well, why don't we try this? You know, and from a lawyer's perspective, you get a bit territorial about your clients. You don't want to expose your clients to other people. We're not stealing them. We're conflicted out. And certainly from a strata manager's perspective, what we're saying to strata managers is you can see these things starting you know inevitably where they're going to go. All they do is cause you grief. Happy to give you a proposal. Mm. Well, it is a very creative approach. Do you know of any other firms uh, in Queensland or anywhere else around the country that are taking this approach? No. No one. No one. So, uh, so yeah, it's the pioneers that get the arrows. So we will find out soon. And there's a range of other things. Chris has obviously got skill sets around in terms of best practice um, I think he's, he, we're really sort of calling it capacity building for strata managers because obviously on the other side of the commissioner's office, he's seen 
two or two and a half thousand disputes a year every year. Mm. Inevitably, there's core components to those which could be handled better on a range of different fronts. And I think probably in the longer run, some form of education, information type piece is what we're looking at, which mm. is obviously got a brand and we know what people need to know. It's just a matter of getting it out there. But the, the mediation yep. thing is something we both think has merit, but the rubber will hit the road at some stage and we will see. Yes. Well, I am looking forward to chatting to Chris at some time in the yep. future and see how he's settled in, yep. how he feels being in private practice and how different that is, what the challenges have oh, been. He's, yeah. <laughs> There's a few of those, but that's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and there will be, and there will be growing pains, And um, but I think you guys are sounding like you've been thinking about it for a long time. We have been, yeah. And you're on the right track. I hope so. So, Frank, your office is Brisbane. Yes. You're a Queensland practitioner. I haven't dipped too much into the Queensland legislation. Yep. I have been a little bit terrified of that, to tell yep. you the truth. Well, I'm the same with New South Wales, so oh, it's really? mutual, absolutely. I, I think we have a, a bit less legislation than you do. Yes. What are, let's say, the top three challenges facing Queensland owners' buildings at the moment? Uh, I think it is, it is as you point out, the legislation's complex. Hmm. Lots of people think it's easy, and it's that inability to understand what is going on. It's that information gap. And I suppose once you get in it and know it and understand it, like you'd, you'd navigate you around New South Wales legislation relatively, you know, bang, 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 there's where we need to go, there's our answer, blah, blah, blah. And I think we're the same with Queensland. But when you're looking at it from an outsider's perspective, it's terrifying. And so even in Queensland, like the Commissioner's Office, which is a unique service, like where else do you ring a court and get advice around what it is that you're going to do? Absolutely. It just doesn't happen. Yep. You know, and I see New South Wales is trying to come up with some sort of information portal. So I think there's probably some value Chris might be able to add to yeah, that. Yeah, it's not so much an information portal as uh, in terms of educa an education resource. It's yeah. more about having the contact details of the strata manager, some simple details about the building when the strata plan was registered. Oh, do they okay. have a pets bylaw? Do they not? Oh, um, yeah. Valuable, very valuable information yep. to be able to have that on a public register. Yeah. But so far, not going down that education route. We have yeah, the okay. Office of Fair Trading, which owners will ring and and get information over the phone. Yep. That is a little bit touch and go yeah, from yeah. our experience. So yes, your setup with the Commissioner's Office is unique. It is unique, and I suppose that's where Chris is unique. You know what I mean? He's just uh, a unicorn for one of those phrase. <laughs> yes. I'm sure he's been called worse. <laughs> and I think the thing that's coming in Queensland from an information perspective is legislative reform everywhere. It's been on the radar forever. I mean, we are middle of February. I think we're going to have new regulation modules probably inside the next three or four weeks released to the world at large with electronic voting, a whole mm -hmm. bunch of new rules, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So again, probably the, the fourth iteration of them, I suppose. So we've, you know, so started in 97, so now we're going to be 2020 versions of them. A whole lot of little tweaks in that across four modules. And I know from a rollout perspective, the Queensland issue is that the Commissioner's Office, Chris tells me, has the second most number of pages on the Queensland Government interweb. Oh, yes. So when this legislation comes out, they need to go through and update hundreds of bits and pieces to yep. make sure they're consistent with what that is. Yes. Um, I have noticed the Commissioner's website when I last spoke to Chris and I, I dug a little bit deeper, is a fabulous resource. Yeah. 
and we don't have anything like that in New South Wales uh, that is free and available to the public. I certainly obviously have my website and my membership and those resources. But to be able to log on and choose from a drop-down list of common problems and to get accurate answers. Yeah, it's an amazing resource, Mm. you know what I mean? And it's relatively lightly funded, I think. You know, the Mm -hmm. value they provide to the strata community is extraordinary and relative to any other information portal, it's amazing. So the other thing that we've got coming is rental law reform. So this same sort of thing's happened in Victoria. In Queensland, I think um, you talk about lack of information. It's in a sense giving tenants more rights than what owners have with respect to body corporate issues. So for example, pets, you know, still probably number two on the dispute list in the commissioner's office, even though mm. there's no such thing as a no pets building in Queensland. I think you're in that world now in New South Wales, We're as best there. I can follow. Mm-hmm. Oppressive and unreasonable and all that sort of joy. Mm-hmm. From an owner's perspective, they need to seek committee approval before they bring pets. Rental law reform would have tenants being able to bring pets in as a right. Wow. And there's no consistency requiring the tenant to actually seek the approval of the body corporate to the pet. So what we're going to have is tenants just rolling up with Fido and body corporate committees flipping. Yes. And there's no consistency in terms of that legislation. And there's no requirement in the body corporate legislation for tenants to be making these applications? Well, there is because they're an occupier, yes. but the rental law reform is going to give them the right to do it as of right. So that's probably, you know, subject to what There's the legislation actually gets to. Yeah, cause we haven't seen it yet. This is this is the proposal. These are the discussions. This is what we're thinking about doing. If they give tenants a carte blanche right to bring pets, which is absolutely the stated intent, then to me that's probably going to override any right of a body corporate to reject it, and that is going to be World War Three. Wow, yes. Um, the same as they're going to give tenants the right to make minor modifications to property from a domestic and family violence perspective, which in principle is 100% fine. No issue with that at all. But the issue, and I'm sure you have it as well, is what is common property and what is part of a lot? And if we're changing the external appearance of a lot, do we need to seek committee approval to that? And what happens if it actually is common property and the tenant doesn't understand? Mm. And these, you know, units suddenly start looking like Fort Knox because people aren't feeling safe mm-hmm. and the rest of the community is up in arms, but they've got the right to do it under this act, but not. Yes. So that is what's on the radar. And that, I think, by all reports politically, is going to be pushed through before our election on the 31st of October. So mm. that's a massive issue. Well, I hope your stakeholder group or groups that are working on this, uh, your tenancy people are talking to your strata people, trying to. Resolve these inconsistencies. Yes, you would like to think so. (laughs) Uh, Well, certainly um, it's been put to government, but whether they listen, something else entirely. And the other massive issue in Queensland's insurance. Right. So, you know, I think the national regime, one thing that's consistent with all of us is all bodies corporates must insure for full replacement value and blah, blah, blah. And I'm sure it's going to get worse after the bushfire season. Mm. Uh, North Queensland's been struggling with insurance for a couple of years. And um, the interesting thing is that if you can't insure... The Act actually gives the Commissioner the ability to make an order allowing you to insure for less than what the Act requires you. Wow, that's so interesting. It is. It's not an application. It's a, it's a private decision by the Commissioner, so it's not public. So first, Chris had the first one of these late last year as Commissioner, and uh, again, to be fair to him, he still won't tell me what it was or what the decision was, other than they went around for a long time. Because you know if they've got a building that's required $100 million to replace, and they can only get 70 million worth of insurance no matter what they can do. They're only insured to 70%. All of those owners are exposed. All of the banks are exposed. The commissioner ticking the box to say, yes, you can do that. Mm. And then the consequences that flow in terms of disclosure and risk uh, and all that sort of stuff, it's a massive issue. 
So um, that's clearly something we'd be able to help from a legal and, I suppose, commercial perspective in terms of understanding what goes into those decisions. And do you know anything about what's being done about this insurance crisis? Uh, That's the um, Northern Australia Insurance Inquiry that Warren Ench started. And from a strata management perspective, the really interesting thing that came up out of the back of that was insurance commissions for strata managers. Mm. And I know the first version of the report came out and said that they should be banned for strata managers which obviously is Australia-wide, not just North Queensland. The second, I think, interim report I had a look at it the other day in terms of what it said in relation to Queensland was we made these recommendations, Queensland governments introduced law reform, insurance commissions weren't addressed, full Mm. stop. But it's clearly on the radar. Mm. Um, So that ability to get insurance is, is, I think, and everyone tells me the insurance market is hard at the moment. Everywhere, yeah. Yeah. So I don't think that's going to change because, I mean, clearly there's going to be losses everywhere from droughts, uh, from floods from fires. Yeah. And I don't know about your experience in Queensland, but mine in New South Wales has been that for a long time, strata insurers have been very generous when it comes to claims. And when it comes to, I look at certain claims that are made and I think, wow, that was a uh, pretty no questions asked payout there. Uh, I'm not sure if you look closer at the policy that that would otherwise or should otherwise have been the case. And we are seeing buildings in New South Wales finding it harder to get insurance and certainly to get more than one insurer willing to even give a quote. Agree. And probably Airly, I've got a prime example in Airly where, because they've been hit a couple of times, Airly Beach, where roof damage, et cetera, et cetera, insurer said, well, we'll arrange for it to be fixed. Body corporate said, no, no, just give us the payout. We'll arrange for it. Body corporate didn't fix the roof. <sighs> they went into reducing the levies. And now, of course, we go back to get insurance three years later and the insurers go, what do you do with that? Well, this. Yeah. Well, you know what? No. Mm. And that, that's where I'm coming from yep. with the generosity of the insurers yep. for many, many years and now saying, oh, we've created this monster yep. and now we have to reset expectations. Mm. How do we unscramble that egg? Yeah. You know, so um, I think probably they're the big three and I just, the flow ones for that for me are extraordinary. Yes, they are. Because how do you actually, from a disclosure regime in Queensland, you've got to disclose before someone buys your property. It's not a body corporate manager issue. It's an obligation on an owner mm-hmm. to disclose you know, latent or patent defects in common property or circumstances in relation to the affairs of the body corporate that might materially prejudice a buyer. We can only get insurance to 70% of the market value. Would probably be one of those things. Yes. I'm not sure anyone's actually doing it. And then which bank's going to lend on those properties? And for me, the property market, it's all based on finance. If banks won't lend, things are worth nothing. Mm. And what happens when there is an accident, an incident, a claim, someone gets sued, whatever it is, and I imagine you have unlimited liability corporations as we do in New South Wales. Yeah, Spoken about that on the podcast before. Everyone signs their personal guarantee when they sign up without knowing it, absolutely. And it is exposed, if not to the full amount, but the the gap between the insurance and the the loss. Yep, absolutely. So you're on committee, you're protected for acts taken in good faith and without negligence. You know, this is where I think the... The shortcuts, you know, and again, this is very subjective, in not getting legal advice and just sticking your head in the sand and hope it goes away won't cut it. Mm. And probably client in relation to a different issue, but I got this years ago when I was starting in law. My master at that stage, Article Clark, said to me, you always have to put yourself in the position as a client or when you're, you're giving advice to a client they don't want to do something that they should be doing is say to the client, put yourself in the position where you're in the Supreme Court in six years' time and someone says to you, why didn't you do that? How do you answer that question? Mm. We didn't want to spend the money. We couldn't be bothered. It was way too hard. I was too doesn't busy. Doesn't cut it, doesn't <laughs> cut it, doesn't cut it, doesn't cut it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the 
you know, part of our job is delivering problems sometimes. And I think that's where, again, back to Chris to a degree, there's a range of non-legal ways to look at things. Mm. And he's, he's sort of, to a degree, opened my eyes and, well, what about this? You're right, mate. Yep. What about this? You're right, mate. You know what I mean? It's just, mm. it's just we hammer away and it's not always the answer. Yep. No, I can definitely see how that skill set would be very valuable. Mm. And that is why this area of the law is so complex. And I think those who are not enmeshed in it, involved in it as we are, may not appreciate that from the outside. Great. But I hope just by having these kinds of conversations and touching on even just so lightly these issues, mm. we are sharing that. And I'm sure you see it as much as I do. You get it just stuff come across your desk and like, well, it's just wrong, guys. Mm. They've just forgotten some bit of the act they don't know or just don't even know there is an act. And yes. it's just... And huge ramifications. Yeah, These yeah, are yeah. people's lives, people's homes. Yeah. And investments. You mm. know what I mean? It's sort of, um, and I haven't quite got the tagline right yet, but I think it really, with the combination of Chris, it's sort of, it's really helping people navigate the maze because yes. it is a maze. Yes. And it's complicated. But other lawyers sometimes don't think it is. And the more, I mean, I learn something new every day with Chris. I'm learning more than something new every day. But that's still, regardless, every single day, this, oh, right. And this is all I do. So it's sort of a bit terrifying when you go on the outside or you become a general practitioner or whatever and it's like, how do you possibly stay on top of everything <laughs> yeah. you need to know? Yeah, exactly. Terrifying. I do believe, and I say this when I, I talk to young lawyers uh, or law students, I do believe that the days of the general practitioner are over or at least should be over. I think it is too easy now for people to find a specialist in a particular area, whether that's a family lawyer, whether that's someone to do your will, whether that's tax, whether that's strata. And it's easy to get online, Google some search terms and find that specialist. And I think that's why we all have so much work. And yeah, the general practitioner days are just are done in my view. I, I just couldn't sleep at night. And I look back yeah. at some of the, I mean, I started as a property lawyer generally, and I look back at some of it now and I just cringe. <laughs> you know, just it's sort of, you got lucky. Mm. Doesn't mean you're always right, but you got lucky because nothing came of not knowing that that was an issue. It's sort of the unknown unknowns that are terrifying. Yep. And I mean, from our perspective, it's just, you know, and, and again, steal it from shine lawyers, sort of inch wide, mile deep. Mm. We, this is all we're doing, mm. nothing else. So now the, not the battle, is saying no to people. No, we don't do that. No, we yes. don't do that. Here's someone that will. Here's someone yes. that will. Here's someone that will. But yes, we do do that and bring that in. And mm. then... And then you know, you focus on what you know. Certainly for me, I sleep better at night. I think we give better quality advice. That's sort of the, you know, Chris coming on board is obviously, he certainly believes the dream. I believe the dream. Uh, so it'll be really interesting. Mm. Really interesting. Well, wonderful to chat with you, Frank. You and I am looking forward to chatting with Chris in the near future. Uh, who knows? We might get both of you together. That will be interesting yes. uh, to go head to head. And for and for you to hear firsthand from Chris how his first, say, six months has been. Well, uh, certainly we're talking daily. Oh, so we're yes. reckon a bit in in terms of what the dream is. Let's do the performance review together. Shall we do that live <laughs> on the air? Absolutely. Let's do well, it. <laughs> it might be uglier for me than it will be for him. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Now, let our listeners know how they can find out more about you and Heinz Legal and if there's anything you want to add before we wrap up. Cool. Uh, might sound a little bit silly, but if you Google Frank Higginson, you'll find me. Our website's full of information and we're currently sort of redoing that. And again, my lunch break today was interviewing a new sort of digital marketing manager. So you're up on that. We're going to try to get a lot better on that. Heinz Legal, HYNES Legal, Frank Higginson, um, all our contact details are there. And also our, our website has probably 12 years worth of articles that I've written Chris is certainly contributing to that now. So quite often, some of the more detailed answers you might be looking for are on that as well. But other than that, I'm only an email away. Perfect. Cool. Thanks again, Frank. Thanks, Amanda. Cheers. 
Thank you for listening to Your Strata Property, the podcast which consistently delivers to property owners reliable and accurate information about their strata property. You can access all the information below this episode via the show notes at www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. You can also ask questions in the comments section, which Amanda will answer in her upcoming episodes. How can Amanda help you today?